This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 176 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated towards the world of UFC. If you've only just stumbled across us, you can get us on uh, iTunes under the uh, name of Fight Disciples. On our website, fightdisciples.com. If you're an Android user, you can get all the links there if you want to subscribe to us. And there's loads of videos on there as well that you can get stuck into. Uh, and you can get us on all our social media sites, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Alongside me, as ever, is the man with the best tattoos in the game. Even better than Dan Hardy's tattoos. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Dan. That's what I'm saying. I saw you two having a little bit of a video off this week in your moonlighting, in your other job for another media outlet, <laughs> when I don't get invited down to Dan's house. Doing a show at Dan's house, eh, were mm. you, this week? Yes. yes. Down around at Dan's house, Incredible. yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Looks a nice little gaff, that. He's obviously earned himself a few quid as Dan down the years, hasn't he? <laughs> he's like to think so, yeah. yeah he's done okay. The amount of fights he's been in, big yeah. headliners and stuff, you'd like to think so, but beautiful man. I'd like a converted church he lives in. It's unbelievable. Come round to my house and we'll drink Tai Chi. Uh, and... It was Dan Hardy's house I went to, not Gareth A. Davies' house. All right, sorry, yeah, like yeah. That. All right, I can't do a Nottingham accent. I'm not, yeah. really, I'm not really down with that, but you and your boy, <laughs> you were knocking down there. I've seen the videos as well, right? Normally, when Nick does the show with me, he comes in his pyjamas. Right, he comes. He sat here now, like scruffy as they come. When he when he's at Dan, oh, when he's at Dan's house, oh, new haircut, gets himself a new fresh fed, gets his beard done down <laughs> at the old, fade. gets his gets his beard done down at the old Turkish, don't you? You're all down there, get yourself a little bit. Wet. And then he had his little t- his tight t-shirt. Oh, he was showing off the guns when he went down there with Dan, weren't he? Tattoos out. You had a right tattoo off you too, didn't you? Yep. Is there any skin on show, or is it all just ink when you two are knocking about with each other? <laughs> it's more Dan and his incredibly expensive tattoos from around the world and my uh, my dodgy ones. <clears throat> mm. To be totally honest with you, but good to see him, man. Good to good to work with a you know professional operator. Oh, all right, here we go. Now he's started. Now yeah, here we go. And um, by the way, uh, Mr. Hardy, I know you listen to the show. All I want to say is your generosity is much appreciated. Thank you very much. I sent two books with Nick to be signed for mm-hmm. a pal of mine, a guy that produces another radio program of mine, and he sent two books in. Um, Dan asked the question whether one of these books was for me. That's right. And when you said no, it wasn't, he then went to his little bookshelf. I kind of like the fact that Dan's got a bookshelf full of his own books. Right? That's what I like. <laughs> but he's gone to his own bookshelf, got the old biro out and scribbled on there. Yeah. By the way, your autograph looks like something from Egyptian hieroglyphics, mate, right? But... I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I will. Uh, I'll be reading that on the plane um, when I go on my holidays this year. Fantastic stuff. It's uh, you, you've already you've already read it, haven't you? I've read it. I've read it already. Three times, haven't you? Read it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course, yeah, you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Have you got a signed copy? It's it's one of them when you read it. I've got a signed copy. Yeah. Have you? It's one of them when you read it, you'll get a far greater understanding of where not just Dan, but most mixed martial artists of this generation, certainly of Jan, of Dan's generation, if you like. Jan? That will, the, the journey Was Jan on. there as well? Because don't forget, he got into this sport before the sport even existed. Yeah. There was no sport. Yeah, yeah. He, got into fight, he got into fighting martial arts before MMA and the UFC had really made any kind of impact. So those journeys are probably the best journeys. You see fighters now who have kind of always competed with the UFC as their overall goal. Mm. That ge- that generation's about to come into the UFC now, but this previous generation, that's where all the best stories are, man. Mm. It's a good I'm, one. I'm keeping I'm keeping this topic on, Dan, right? Because he's had a little bit of a do we uh, Tyron Woodley on Twitter this week. Did you have a oh, did a ding dong? Yeah, I was talking to him about it. Did you have a little, little look at that? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. Do you know something? Everything that Dan says was bang on. Yeah, Woodley's How... just so fucking precious, isn't he? Right. Yes, he is. And and I 
threw him a tweet in saying, listen, if you Dan never mentioned your name, but you obviously think it's about you. Which means it is about you. It is about you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically what it is. Now, everything that Dan said, for those that haven't seen this exchange between Dan Hardy and the uh, current uh, champ that is uh, Tyron Woodley, it is basically about marketability. Dan's angle was marketability. If you're going to be a champion and you're going to whine and you're going to moan and you're going to and you're going to take that angle with your career, then fans are going to turn against you. Fans aren't going to want to pay per view money uh, for you to fight. Therefore, that's going to affect your revenue stream. That's going to affect your marketability. Um, and I look at that and I think to myself, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because I feel like that. I'm a fan, right? I, that's all I am. I'm a yep. fan, right? I know that, that you might dress this up as journalism or you might dress this up as a podcaster or you might dress this up as a broadcast, whatever. Strip it all back. I'm yep, a fan. Me too. Who do I want to go and see, right? Now... I do like Tyrone. I like him as a geezer. And on his turn to become the champion, he was exciting. I think he's got nine first-round finishes, 11 finishes in total in the UFC, something yep. like that. Very exciting. But there does seem to be, once you've got to the top of the tree, yep. and we've said it about other champions, not Tyrone, just Tyrone, should I say. We've said it about other champions. There seems to be this attitude of, right, I need to keep hold of this belt because this is where I make my money. And therefore, the fighting styles kind of change a little bit. They come a little bit more negative. It's very Jose Mourinho. I'm here just to win. doesn't matter how I win. I'm here to win. I'm not bothered about the excitement factor and all that type of stuff. And that's basically what Dan was pointing out in the tweet. And Tyron's bitten on that. And he's talked about win streaks. And he's talked about being treated fairly. And I kind of want to flick this now towards Tyron because he's got this public Twitter spat or a public spat in general with Dana White. Now, Dana White has had public spats with every man and his dog down the years. Yep. But to defend Tyron, and I am going to do on this particular point, this one seems personal. This one seems a little bit double standards towards um, Tyron Woodley from Dana White. It's like he's waiting for Tyron to do something wrong in order for him to jump all over it. For example, the boring fights that he put on with yep. uh, Stephen Thompson, the boring fight that he put on with Damian Meyer straight away in the press conference afterwards, he's jumping all over him. And if you compare that to Stipe Miocic and Ngannou, when, let's be honest, the heavyweight champion of the world really should be finishing that fight, mate. Absolutely. But he bored the living daylights out of us for three rounds, didn't he? That's what he did. Yeah. Dana White comes out straight after that and goes, he did what he had to do, he's negated Ngannou's power and all this type of stuff. No, if you're going to be consistent with your rhetoric, you've got to jump all over Stipe and go, yeah, the heavyweight champion really should be smashing the living daylights out of him there when he's got the opportunity to do it, mm-hmm. rather than just going and taking the rhetoric that he, that, that he took. It does seem that he doesn't like Tyron Woodley. I think because consistently, though, Tyron Woodley does this, though, you know what I mean? Consistent, since he's become champion, since he knocked out Robbie Lawler and became the champ, he's been in three fights back-to-back that have all been pretty boring yeah. and have all pissed the fans off and it's the fact he doesn't seem to recognise that Woodley it's kind of like uh, you're getting booed walking to the octagon you're getting booed during the fight and you're getting booed when you get your hand raised and you're doing your speech afterwards yeah he doesn't seem to acknowledge that ever he doesn't seem to acknowledge the fact that if you turned up and had to go if you performed like you did against Robbie Lola if you took a bit of a yes you're the champion but you know, you, what kind of legacy are you going to leave? You're, you're going to be the booed champion. You're going to be the guy that everyone fucking hated watching because you're doing nothing for this this organisation. Mm. You know, it's all good and well that you're out there doing uh, TV and on, on the Fox desk and everything else. Yet when you're inside the... He should be... Him and Daniel Cormier, because of the, the fact that they're always on the Fox desk, the fans can relate to them a lot, they see them or not. They should be the biggest stars in the UFC. But these are the guys that are getting booed consistently in the UFC because they're just not doing it they're just not turning it on inside there 
Woodley especially is the biggest victim out there. And this is a welterweight division. Don't forget, that's fucking buzzing. Yeah. There's loads of new the talent is, in there. The thing is, you've just mentioned the key word there, victim, right? Nobody likes it when anybody plays the victim. And again, yeah. this is what Dan was kind of alluding to with the, the, the Twitter back and forth. Nobody likes that. And it kind of gets people's backs up. Because let's be honest, he's getting paid a lot more than the fan on the street. Yeah. Right? But his argument is, I'm the champ now. I should be getting weighed in. I should be getting paid this. I should be getting paid that. He's picking and choosing fights. This is where the Dana White thing comes in from. He's like saying, no, I'm not. When the Net Diaz chat was all going around, he's like, going, why am I fighting Net Diaz? I don't, I'm not interested in any of that type of stuff. He's talking about Rafael Dos Anjos. He's talking about all these other guys. He's talking about all this other stuff. And he seems to be now... And I can understand why he's doing it. I can totally understand why he's doing it. He spent all his life to become the the champion. He now is the UFC champion. Once you're there, you, it's not very often that many keep coming back and forth and becoming the champion again. Yeah. You're the champ. You make hair while the sun shines. He knows full well that that belt's going to get him a few quid. Yeah. And he has the bargaining chip. So I think I, if I was him, I would probably be taking the same hard stance that he is taking that bargaining stance that he's taking in order to go, no, if you want to see me in the octagon, you've got to pay me. You've got to pay me the right door. You've got to get, you know, and I want to keep it for as long as I possibly can keep it. So therefore I would maybe shoehorn myself into certain fights. And I think he's got, he has got a leg to stand on because of the stance that they've taken with people like Connor. Yeah. So he can argue the fact, well, hang on a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're doing it for this dude down here. George St. Pierre's just come flying back into the to the UFC and all of a sudden now he's the middleweight champion and then you told him that he had to defend, now he's not defending, mm-hmm. all this type of stuff. You're doing it for other fighters. I just want a fair shake. I think that's where Tyron's coming from, but because he's making a noise about it, fans are just going, oh, fuck off, not interested. Yeah, <clears throat> I think the other issue, though, is the fact that look at what Connor achieved in a short space of time. Yeah, look Connor's GSP, always exciting. Look, GSP wasn't, when he was welterweight champion, GSP wasn't going like, I'm not fighting him for that. I want to do this and I want to go home and do this. I want to. Yes, there was talk of Anderson Silva, but he, that didn't stop him consistently defending his belt mm. and building this entire legacy. Mm. Tyron Woodley's fought two guys since he became welterweight champion, just two opponents. And in, and in both of those fights, he stunk the yard out. Well, well three, all three of those fights, he, he stunk the yard out. Yeah. So it's like, listen, you know, I'm a massive Tyron Woodley fan. Tyron Woodley's fucking my mate. I've interviewed him a few times for the magazine he used to work for. So I've got a relationship with Tyron Woodley. I kind of get where he's coming from and he's a diamond. It's like a community leader. He look, He's all about his family. He's all about this. He's all about getting paid. That's great. But he also needs to look at it from the outside in. You, we spoke about this on the boxing show as well. We're fans. We can, we, yes, we're broadcasters. Yes, we're media, but we're fans above all else. Entertain me, man. And I want to be entertained. I am tuning into the UFC yeah. to see the best fights in the world. And we got some of them at UFC Austin at the weekend, by the way, which we will come on to talk about at some stage. That was a fucking great card. It was super entertaining. Loads of finishes. I want to be entertained. I'm looking at fights and going, yes, Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Fuck yes, give me a bit of that. Yes, this fight's happening. Yes, that fight's happening. I'm bought into it big style. TJ, DJ, please make it happen. I want to see it happen. When's Cody fighting? I know that's going to be entertaining. That's that's kind of what I'm all about. Yeah. When they announced Tyron Woodley, it's like, is it going to be Wonder Boy? Is it going to be fucking Dave, uh, Stephen Thompson again? Is he going to go... It's Rafael like, de Sanjos, yeah. Like, where's yeah, the, where, yeah. Even Rafael de Sanjos, it's like, I can see Rafael de Sanjos losing the same way Thompson and Maya did and still be booing, going, fucking hell, what is going on at 170? Mm. That's the problem. I just think Woodley needs to start start putting up and shutting up. He's got to 
put up and shut, put the belt up and shut the fuck up. I'm trying to say, and just start fighting. If he if he had a year, don't forget, this is a guy you're kind of trying to compare him with Conor McGregor. When did Conor McGregor go? Oh, I'm not having elite opponents. Oh God, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm risking too much. You've got to be in it to win it. Get in there, in the put on the show, and then call for more money. You can't be in stinkers and then go, now I want more money, now I want to fight GSP, now I want to move up. You've been in a stinker. Everyone's fucking booing. You bet you're lucky we want to put you back in again. Do you know what I mean? It's in sports entertainment. Entertain us. Listen, you, you're preaching to the converted here, mate. I'm just trying to play devil, devil's advocate from yeah. the geezer himself. That's all I was saying of where yeah. he was coming from. Listen, I'm 100% on the, the fan side of the argument. Of just trying to give a little bit of perspective as to where his head was at. It's going to be interesting to see how he plays this out because hopefully with all this public stuff, I mean, Dan, Dana, loads of people are talking about it now. It's all over everywhere. Yeah. Hopefully at some point the penny's going to drop and he's just going to go, do you know something? I ain't doing any more talking. Get me who you want to get me. If it's Nate Diaz, sweet, put him in the ring and I'll fucking smash him, right? Yeah. Let's do it. Well, ain't going to be Nate judging by the fact that he lit a fucking joint at ringside. <laughs> <laughs> That kid ain't passing nothing. Yeah, he's sounding it. How can, you sit, how can you sit cage side at UFC Austin, put a reefer in your mouth and start and, and pretend to blaze it straight away? It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't give a shit, do you? <laughs> he's mad. He's mad. But listen, you're right. Tyron just needs to fight, man. Just shut up, Tyron. Just well, get in there the, and entertain us. For those that listen to him right now that think, well, hang on a minute, he's injured. These clowns don't know that he's injured. Yes, we know he's injured. Just let's get that sorted. But then it is a case of putting up and shutting Just up. Get, get in, there in there, man. And entertain. Fucking fight, yeah, exactly. This is why, for example, I mean, last week on the show, we, we alluded to the fact about Frank Yeager. Why didn't he wait? Why is he not waiting? You know what I mean? Yep. With a fight with Max Holloway, why is that not dropped go. off? Exactly. Right? But Frankie Edgar's turned around and says, I just want to fucking fight, man. I don't give a fuck. Yep. Get me in there. I still want to, I'm training for that card. Get me in there with a dangerous fighter in Brian Ortega. Put me in there. I'll smash him up. I don't give a shit. Who's the fan's favourite? Absolutely. Frankie Edgar is absolutely loved by everybody. If win, lose or draw, you want to watch Frankie Edgar fight, don't you? Absolutely. And that, that that's exactly the same reason. Same reason at the weekend, Cowboy Saron, one of the most popular fighters yeah. on the entire roster, win, lose or draw. Why? Because he'll fucking turn up and throw down with anybody. And he's not all about, oh, how much am I in? And am I getting the same kind of respect? You know, but I, you can't... Tyron Woodley cannot compare himself to Conor McGregor or George St. Pierre. He's not done enough in his career to deserve it. He needs to just knuckle down, get fit, get fighting, and then put on the kind of performances where we're going to go, fuck, I want to see Tyron Woodley in a bigger fight. I want to see Tyron Woodley get more press. He says that the UFC neglect him, that he doesn't get the same kind of attention from the UFC's media department. They don't support him yeah. as much as other champions. Do you know why? Because you're not in great fights. Like, if they kept going, oh, this is the man, this is the guy, is this the best, is this the guy, the best since George St. Pierre, better than George St. Pierre ever was, and then you get in and stink the yard out. What do you think that's going to do to fans that are new to the UFC and go, was that the best you can offer me at 170? Yeah. Fuck that guy. Like, that's why he doesn't get the press. You get the press if you entertain. If you, if you fucking put on a show, the UFC will get behind you. Yet there's been a few fuck-ups over the years, and I think anyone from the UFC will go, you know what, we did drop the ball with Amanda Nunes. We did kind of go, it's all about Ronda's comeback. Screw the fact that we've got this incredible spokeswoman for the LGBT community that would bring in the ping pound and then this company globally millions. Screw that, we've got Ronda back. 
and then she gets in and Nunes destroys her and then it, they feel it's like they're embarrassed if you remember they didn't let Nunes do press week, media week mm. because Ronda didn't want to do media yeah, week yeah, yeah. what a fucking joke that was mm. but listen they only drop the ball every now and again let's give them the benefit of the doubt and with Tyron Woodley I don't think the UFC are dropping the ball I think they're just protecting their assets and promoting Tyron Woodley like they would a Conor McGregor if you like yeah, makes fucking no sense mm. uh, you mentioned Austin there a couple of times um Weird one this week for uh, British fight fans. Obviously, that was in the early hours of Monday morning. So yeah. if you stayed up and watched that and then went to work with your bleary eye, <laughs> fair play, kids. <laughs> fair play. Uh, I watched a, a bit of a replay of that on Monday morning. I didn't stay up for it. So I had a little bit of a nosy through. And I'll tell you something. Last week, I was a little bit harsh because I said I was all about the Black Beast and his fight. I still am. I think it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I kind of poo-pooed the main event, uh, Cowboy Cerrone against Jensen Medeiros. I was like, yeah, I'm not really asked about it, whatever. However, when I watched it, I thought, do you know something? The Cowboy rides again, baby. Yes, I know our boy Darren Till put manners on him in Gdansk. Yeah. I know that, right? But Darren Till's a freak, right? And he's going to be world champion. We're, we're convinced of that. Cowboy, at 34 years of age, has still got so much to offer the UFC. And we're Looks talking with that big beard as mate, well. We're talking, about, hillbilly. Yeah, we're talking about fans' favourites. Fucking hell. Fight till you're 50, mate. I don't give a shit because I'm paying money to come and watch you whenever you're fighting. Absolutely. Fair play, boy. It was a good card as well, man. Eight finishes out of the 12 fights. These are these are the sleepers. I don't even think we got really excited about this on last week's show. No. But as usually, these fight nights go and absolutely deliver. Well, if you compare it, fucking great we've got two fight nights on. back to back, right? We've got this one, that one at the weekend in Austin, and we've got Orlando coming up this weekend, which we're going to talk about. And if you look down the Orlando card, the Orlando card's like, fucking hell, there's know, some yeah. proper big names on the Orlando card. Absolutely. Why couldn't that have been spread out for the Austin thing? Because you look at Austin and you think, you've got Derek Lewis, yep. you've got Donald Cerrone, that's it. Yeah, but yeah. everything else lived up because all the guys that are trying to chomping at the bottom to try and get a piece of that pie, they all stepped up. It was a great card. It was, yeah. Uh, the best fight on there, but as voted by the UFC, and if you watch it back, it's definitely worth going to watch back. Was that Brandon Davis against Stephen Peterson? These are two guys that came through. You know that Tuesday night fights that. Dana White's brought in that find a fighter looking series, for a fight whatever it's fucking called yeah these are both products of that environment and it was I think Brandon Davis's second fight in the UFC and this Stephen Peterson's first fight in the UFC and the two of them just went toe to toe in a warm and Davis is a proper striking technician but Peterson just fucking ate everything he threw at him finished the fight covered in blood walked into the craziest knee you've ever seen and somehow stayed on his feet and was like yeah come on then let's keep going just as just a lunatic, and you it, just thought, "Wow, this is your UFC debut. Yeah, you, yeah. you you probably were down to win about six k, and you've lost. You're like this was the third round. He'd lost about pre- two previous rounds, even though it was a, you know, he'd walked the guy down, but he was just getting peppered. And you just thought, "Man, you've just aired six grand the fucking hard way." His nose was across his face. He was covered in blood. Thankfully, it got performance of the night. Obviously, fight of the night. So they got both got a fifty thousand dollar bonus. Both there, obviously. Names go up in stature because it was so entertaining, but fuck me, that was a hard way to win there's your a, money. I'm telling you, there's a social media gift going round of that particular clip. They just be talking about where he takes that knee to his Ugh, face. His he, leg just goes in everything, mate. But he stays on his feet. He's man. everywhere. How does he stay on no his idea. feet? Fucking crazy. And literally thirty seconds later, he switched back on again. Yeah, and he's walking forward. The good thing about that fight, when you if you get a chance to watch it back, the whole fight takes place inside the octagon that's painted inside the octagon yeah 
There's nothing around the cage. There's no nope. up against the fence. Not at no not point interested. do they touch the fence. <laughs> not interested. At no point, at no point does the referee get involved. The whole fight takes place because if you think about oh, the octagons painted with all the canvas and yeah, talk yeah. about the canvas now with all the adverts in the middle, the big Modelo logo, and that's got a miniature octagon painted around it, and then you have more sponsors, and then obviously the fence. Every punch, every strike, every kick takes place inside that miniature octagon. It was literally a phone box fight. Fucking amazing. I thought that Brandon Davis's tank was insane. Apparently he's a striking coach at, a, at one of the bigger camps, so that, that kind of makes sense because he was he did just throw some amazing combinations. But that Peterson, man, he was tough as old boots. But I'll tell you who isn't tough as old boots anymore, Thiago Alves. <sighs> Fuck me, son. He got saved. But you know what? I feel for Thiago because, listen, I know you're a massive Thiago Alves fan, but you put him in with this guy, this Curtis Melinda, mm. who's got like a, a killer little unbeaten record, relatively new to the UFC. Or he's certainly he's not unbeaten, but he's beat, he was in Bellator, but then he came over. He's a, he's on an unbeaten run, let's say. But he's coming to the UFC. This was his UFC debut. I think he's just come from Legacy, actually, via Bellator. But this guy's like six four or six five, so he's a fucking massive welterweight, and. Alves starts the fight at range, so he's just getting peppered because the guy's so long. And you're thinking, Thiago, man, this is not you. You're a chest, head on chest, wing away, fucking Vanderlei Silva style fighter. Switch on. End of the first round, he switches on. He starts pressing forward, having a bit of success. Walks into a shot, but you know, gets rocked, but keeps going. Round ends. Second round, he comes out, and you're just thinking the size difference here is just frightening. And then ultimately, as it turns out, Thiago starts thinking, I'm gonna have to put, I'm gonna have to get close to trying put my fight on this guy. And that Melinda literally lifts her right knee, not even a flying knee, just just, just throws a normal left like knee. Like he's stretching. Yeah, like, a, like exactly. Like he's stretching to put his knee as high as he can. And it cleans fucking Alves under that chin. And, mate, he was gone, money. Mm. He just absolutely caught him clean. So I feel for Thiago Alves, man, when he's getting matched like that. I'm going on a rant here, so don't stop me. All right. James Victor, lightweight, who I was saying. Well, that's where I wanted this to This guy's the next, shit, man. Because I know that you, you're a massive fan of James. This Vick. guy is the shit. And the good thing was, I was talking to Dan about him. Dan's a fan of his as well. I didn't realise. Your but mate Dan? Yeah, my mate Dan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This guy seems to go under everyone's radar. He's, he's like the uh, he's like a lower level version of Frankie Edgar. Count him out at your peril. Most fights he goes into, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yet he comes through it. And he comes through this one with uh, Francisco Trinaldo. Not the best fight on the card. I just wanted to mention it because obviously I'm a, I've mentioned it last week that James Vick and I want to redeem myself after saying I thought Chris Eubank was going to win uh, and then the two knockouts of course Derek, Derek Lewis goes three rounds and knocks out Ty Burda that was a that, mate, was, a, that was a funny fight man. mate he was his power's insane yeah but he was blowing out oh, of his oh, ass yeah, exactly. he was like going, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I need to knock this dude out otherwise there's some shit going to come my way in a minute <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how they look fucked and then he lands a right hand gets the ultimate finish gets the finish and then and the celebration I know then starts dancing around celebrating and everything you think fucking hell if you did use some of that tank when yeah. you were actually fighting you wouldn't have looked so bad but Derek Lewis, man, the, the black beast journey continues. Retired, but now back. <laughs> yeah. Donald Cerrone, I was delighted for Donald, right? Yeah. Because both of these guys are coming into this fight on a loss. I think Medeiros has had a couple of uh, 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 loot on the spin. I think this is No, no, he won a couple, didn't he? Because he had that fight of the night with uh, Alex, Alex Oliveira in Detroit, in Michigan. That was the, He won that, remember, on uh, Holloway, and it was like Hawaii boys doing Who it together. Who knocked him out then? Has Colby Covington knocked him out? No, no, no. He got knocked out by Dustin Poirier, but that was a while, that was a while ago. Now he's on a bit of a run. Medeiros is on a bit of a run at the moment. He hasn't lost since 
2016. Ronaldo beat him on All points right. in 2016. Okay. Maybe I'm getting confused with someone else then. Yeah. So coming into this fight, obviously we know that Cerrone was on a on a losing streak, and it was yeah. one of those that you're thinking to yourself, okay, how has that affected him? Because he was beaten by Darren. You know what we think about Darren Till, but he's one of the new up and coming sharks in that division. You think that Cerrone's on the back end of his career. Yeah. How does that mentally affect you? You've just been beaten by one of the young upstarts. You're not the main boy anymore. Where are you at? So I was really interested, actually, in just seeing how he approached the fight. And fair play with man. It was just like it never happened. Cowboy, man. Just, Don't give a shit. It's just like, it. yeah, all right, I got knocked out of some young kid. Don't care. I'll go yeah. and do some business on this guy. And the finish is brilliant. Just the power's still there. Yep. The technique's still there. And you think, he's still got to be, he's got to stay. He's still got a little bit of something to play in this division. Uh, I think he's got, it's the fact that he's have gloves will travel he's key for the UFC that he can go into these other markets and put put on exciting fights and produce what fans want to see and, and everybody knows who he is exactly he's, a, he's a superstar and you know, at the end of the day he's got a fucking just to see that cowboy hat come out again apparently that cowboy hat he's, he has just for fights as well that's his fighting hat he has numerous hats <laughs> and his fighting hat stays in a box until the night he fights and then it comes out that's his fighting hat. But, uh, you know, Medeiros was on a bit of a run, actually. I think that was his... Th- he had three stoppages coming into this fight, um, including the last one, as I say, that fight of the year contender, which was a belter. But, uh, you know, Cerrone just proved again, man, that unless you're a massive, big, huge, light heavyweight boiling his way down to welterweight and just, you know, fucking way too big for him. Medeiros, it was a good matchup, And... Uh, as you say, Cowboy's still got something to offer mm. this weight class. Certainly got something, lots to offer the sport. No, absolutely. Uh, we roll on into uh, Orlando this weekend, and this card is... Uh... Who the fuck is that guy? Well, do you know this guy? Do you know something? Jeremy Stevens. ever since that press conference where Connor calls him out and calls him, who the fuck is that guy? He's slowly becoming one of my favourite fighters because he was a little <laughs> bit of a laughing stock. He was the gif, wasn't he? He was the meme, and everybody's like, going, ah, Jeremy Stevens just got absolutely murdered by Conor McGregor, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. A year, two years later, you're thinking to yourself, every time I've watched him fight... He's in fight of the night. He's in, fight, he's in fight of the night and he's winning them. And I'm thinking, this guy's fucking really good. Connor's <laughs> done you an absolute favour there, mate, because everybody now knows who the fuck that guy is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know what? This is a tough fight against Josh Emmett, though. Josh Emmett's the fucking real deal, man. The kid's an absolute killer. I, I, listen, he's in your tattoo crew and his tattoo's terrible. I'm not having any of it. <laughs> he has got some bad ink as Josh Emmett, hasn't he? Yes, yes. Let us be straight here yes. now. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like my fucking four-year-old's been at him with a Crayola. That's what it looks like. However, he can fight, can this kid? He can fight, yeah. And uh, this is an interesting one, I think, Emmett. Was it the last fight he missed weight? He missed weight, I think, in his last fight. And uh didn't look all that. He has, he's got only one defeat on his record, but it's a split decision, which I think he should have won. But anyway, he's a decent level of featherweight. I think I think Emmett's about four to five, and Stevens is about seven or eight. That's right, yeah. So it's a good it's, top ten boys. Yeah, yeah it's a good it's a good uh, fight for the featherweight division, which, as we know, is uh, belongs to Max at the moment. But there's tons going on, and you know what? I, it wouldn't surprise me if this was a, another fight. It will be a fight tonight, just because Jeremy Stevens is that's all he knows how to do is just bring the fight. Mm, he does. Um, I know that you have uh, been talking about the uh, bullet Shevchenko on this show about your. Uh, about your crush in the in, in the UFC. Mine's fighting on this one. The one that you don't know whether it's a fighter or a fucker, that type of character. Andrade is back on. Shaved head down one side, nice and long on the other. Basically, you can have a bit of both with Andrade, can't you? She looks at you from one side, she looks like uh, a geezer, and then you look at her from the other side, she looks like an absolute supermodel. Absolutely. And she loves a little bit of a knock as well, does the kid. 
covered in claret every single fight. She is going in once again against Tisha Torres. It's a good fight, this. It's a very good fight. I like Tisha Torres. Uh, I knew you'd go the other way. Yeah, I've, I've liked her since she was on Tough. I always thought she was, uh, you know, she was just a little bit inexperienced at that stage, but she's been quietly winning away, clocking up wins. She hasn't quite reached the level that uh, Andrade has. Obviously, Andrade fought Dreisek for the title. Uh, but I think Tisha Torres is on her way up there. But uh, it's a good one, man. It's, a, it's an interesting fight. They're both, both, you know, obviously small women, but it's all about action. It's all about speed. Mm. And uh, I think it's all about game plan in this one. It could be a bit of a tactical match because Torres, as I say, is on a bit of a run, but Andre, you'd think, will, will start as the slight favourite. Mm. But if Torres can get her hands on her, I wouldn't be surprised if we had an upset here. Are we going to see another uh, St. Peru choke? I hope so. We've seen a weird bulldog choke at the weekend, so mm. they, you know it's it, it's in the water like that. We're going to see some weird chokes. So and he loves it, doesn't he? Does big he does OSP? Like, he does love it. He's I mean, on a bit of a turn in the light heavyweight division. When we saw him get knocked out off Jimmy, we saw him get sparked off Jimmy, and I thought, right, that's him done. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, last three, four fights, he's just put on a little bit of a run together. He's done some highlight reel stoppages with those Von Flu chokes, or yep. what you class now as a St. Prue choke, seems that he's done more of them. I think he's done two back performance of the nights. Yeah. With them, with so the, now with you're him. like, hang on a minute, he's always been making a little bit of a run. What's going on here in the light heavyweight division, especially with DC moving up? Yeah, and you know what? He gets a good opportunity against Latifi as well. Uh, Latifi, as we know, is originally from Stockholm, Sweden. He used to train with Gustafsson. I think now he trains out of ATT. Uh, he's actually based in the US. But, uh, and, you know, this is a real fight to remain relevant in this light heavyweight division. And when you look at it on paper at the weekend, when they go head-to-head this weekend, you'll see that fucking OSP is a way bigger guy. But Latifi's tough as old boots. But uh, you'd be frust- you'd be disappointed if you were Latifi. If he gets caught in a Vlon flu choke, you'd fucking kill him yeah. because of the level of experience he's at. You know, he's certainly nowhere. Uh, he's no fool. But then again, if you can if you can choke out a Kami, then you can choke out Latifi. So I wouldn't bet against it. Platinum Mike Perry's also on this card. I know you, you mate. Your, your mate, mate. Your, your, mate. Yeah. your mate, your mate, your mate. <laughs> Talking about shit tattoos. Yeah. Platinum Mike Perry. He's having a little bit of a knock with Max Griffith. In fact, there you go. That's maybe why I've got confused, because as I was doing a little bit of look of who was fighting this weekend, Max Griffin's definitely been knocked out by Colby Covington. Yes, he has, yes. There you go. That's where I was at. Yes, he has. So this is quite a bit of a statement fight um, with uh, with Mike Perry, because he's just been beating off Ponzinibbio. We've just seen uh, our boy Darren Till knock out Donald Cerrone. There's rumours in the water that he's going to be fighting Wonderboy. So he's kind of jumped over the top of Mike Perry. We spoke about this in the past, haven't we? That he's he's probably of that young, hardcore shark tank in this uh, in the world in the welterweight division. He's probably at the bottom of it at this moment in time. He needs to he needs to do a real job on Max Griffin, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, this weekend, especially with Max's previous history against another shark in Colby, um, he needs a, a statement victory. We know that he's going to get on the mic and shout somebody's name out, probably Darren Tills, if we're honest, if he, if he comes up with it. So it's a big, big night for Mike Perry this weekend. It's a huge night and it's a great opportunity. And to be honest, it's a great opponent as well. Uh, I think Griffin has got is known as a striker. He's got mostly knockout wins on his record. So you feel like he's going to come into the octagon thinking he's got a bit of a gun sh- You know, it's, it's going to be a bit of a gun show with Mike Perry. And if you do that, you're playing into Mike Perry's hands, of course. So um, I wouldn't, I would, I can't really see anything past there. A Mike Perry knockout here, uh, just purely for that reason. If, if Griffin's got a bit more about him, then uh, he'll approach the fight differently. But his record suggests this could be a bit of a, a bit of a high high noon shootout. And um, for me, there's only one winner in terms of Perry, just because of his strength. And as you say, his back's against the wall again. Now mm. he needs another win to stay relevant himself. Otherwise, he falls away into in, in obscurity in this welterweight division, which. 
you know, at the end, it's fucking packed out with talent, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely packed out. So, what's going on with um, Alan Juban? I notice he's on the on this card, but there's another weird one. Alan Juban, obviously, for the you might have heard us talk about him maybe about a year ago, something like that. Model for who is it? Gucci or Dolce and Gabbana or something like that? Proper model esque. Uh, type guy yeah. comes in, win over Mike Perry. I was just going to say, comes in, beats Mike Perry, yeah, and then you think to yourself, right, kick on sunshine. Then gets in with Gunny, gets beat. I think he's been beaten again since. Yes, Nico Price beat him as well. Yeah, knocked him out in a round. You thinking, what's the crack here, sunshine? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know Alan Juban. I know him pretty well. I know his team as well. The reason why I bring that up, by the way, for those that listen, he's on the card at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, fighting yeah. this weekend. He's fighting Ben Saunders on yeah, the undercard. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a tough fight, you know, so I think Saunders is coming off a loss as well. These are two guys that are established in the UFC, and I'll be honest with you, people are expecting a lot more from them than where they both are right now, mm. you know, and um, they're losing to guys that they shouldn't necessarily be losing to, so it's a bit of a fight to remain, again, it's a bit of a fight to remain vaguely interested in this welterweight division. I think you you're a loss here. Um, it could be a bit of a killer for them both. They are opening up the prelim card on Fox as well. So if you look at the fact that Mike Perry versus Max Griffin is on the main card, um, and Ben Saunders against Alan Juban, two guys with far more experience and mm. far more experience of big fights in the UFC, is opening up the prelim cards. Candy sells kind of tells you exactly where they are in their careers. Mm. So a lot, as you say, a loss here, man. And suddenly Alan Juban's decision to lose to leave the catwalks and to lose leave all these big brands in New York behind to, to fight for a living suddenly starts to look like a bad idea um, just to finish off the show this week um, on last week's show I was talking quite um, extensively about uh, Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather in the octagon uh, and I told you 100% it's going to happen um, now there's been a, obviously loads of developments on social media this week and uh, Conor was on social media on Sunday at the weekend just sending a nice little uh, message to Junior uh, from senior, as he likes to uh, refer to himself as, uh, wishing him well in retirement. You need to stay uh, retired, uh, Floyd. You need to stay retired because obviously the world that I live in is uh, a proper killer's world. You stay retired, undefeated, because you don't want to come over here. Now, a lot of people have looked into that going, oh, f- brilliant. It's been put to bed. It's definitely not going to happen, all that type of stuff. No, that's what you call passive aggressive, right? That's, <laughs> that's what you call taunting someone. That's what you call going fishing is what that is what that message is all about. There's an awful lot of money, potentially, for this fight. I mean, we're talking silly money. Can you imagine Floyd Mayweather fighting in the octagon? If he made 100, 200 million last time round, he's going to double that. Yep. He's going to double it. I'm telling you now. Someone's going to double it. It, it is going, going it. to happen. That is going to You're happen. still sticking by it. It's definitely going to happen. Too much fucking noise, mate. There's too much noise going on and around, and it just seems that every other day, one of them posts something. This is what happened last time. We sat here last time, didn't we? Going, oh yeah, all right, lads, all right. You're having a bit of a crack, and then all of a sudden it's like, da 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 da. We're here. We know that there is a clause in that contract for a second fight in the octagon. It's all down to Floyd whether he wants to do it or whether he doesn't want to do it. If you whack two hundred, three hundred million, he loves money. He loves money more than anything. You stick three hundred million dollars in there. I mean, you hit it last week with a TV deal that's coming up. They need something to launch that TV deal, don't they? They need to go to these new networks. Going, we've got Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather in an octagon. Yeah, Shh, yeah. Don't tell anybody. You're gonna earn a fucking ton of cash. Yeah. Do you want to buy the channel? Yes, we want to buy the we want to buy the USC TV rights. That's what we want to do. Come yeah. on, it's gonna cost you X, Y, Z. It's, it's it's the only thing at the moment that makes any sense in terms of how the UFC is gonna make money from this U from this TV deal because the fighters 
aren't there anymore. The, the superstars aren't there. The, the numbers in the UFC in the US are dwindling. You know, they, 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 they're not looking good at all. Superstars are in short supply. Uh, we're hoping to hear something more about John Jones over the next two or three weeks, but even John Jones alone... You know they've got a. How, would they, how is John Jones going to come back? Where is John Jones going to come back? How are they going to present him again? Mm. Are they going to pedal out this old thing about him being the victim, or are we finally just going to get him to go? You know what? He's a dickhead. He's a dickhead, and he's our dickhead. So watch him fight because he's the best fighter there is. So uh, they've got to really consider how they're going to bring reintegrate John Jones into this setup for him to become a superstar again because the nice guy image is long gone. But they're desperate for superstars. They're desperate for super fights. And there's no bigger fight in fight sports than Mayweather versus McGregor too. It pains me to say it. If And that's in an MMA. I think it has a, to be MMA. I think if in a boxing, boxing ring, it's not going to happen. not interested. In a boxing ring, it's going to go. It's going to do nowhere near the numbers it did first time around. doesn't matter how many, how many venues they go to on a world tour. But in MMA, because of people's uh, desire to see Floyd Mayweather finally get his comeuppance because of his, his so cocky is, I think it probably does good numbers, just based on that fact. I don't think it's a conversation about who wins or anything else. It's a conversation of, we're finally going to see the cocky 50-0 boxer get his comeuppance and get and get a good hide because that's the only thing that can happen. It's, it would be virtually impossible for any other outcome. And that's what I think puts me off, because that's why I think, why would Floyd want to put himself in harm's way for for ju- just for money, come on! Yeah, but it's different. So you're telling me he that. clocked the game. It's all good and well getting in the boxing right. room when you've clocked the game. Right. He's clocked the game, yeah. But I'm co- I'm going to come to you. You're Floyd, right? Yeah, you're Floyd. You're the man. Absolutely. We know you're the man. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna cross over now to something that you're not the man at. Okay. You're a novice. You've never done it before. Yeah. But I'm going to give you best part of five hundred million dollars. Do you fancy it? You don't fancy it. Fuck me. I must. Be, there must be something wrong with me, mate, because I would sell my ass for that shit. You could do what you want to me. It just depends. I think it depends on how much Floyd actually owes in taxes. But still, even that, you know, we've already talked about him being potentially the first billion-dollar fighter, the first fighter to earn, you know, career upwards of a billion dollars. You know, and if you break down the maths with the Conor McGregor money, he's not far off earning a billion dollars in his lifetime. Right. He can't have fucking spent all that. But he will all be gone. He loves. He loves the attitude of good. He knows that he biggest is, earner worldwide, all sports. Yeah, this year he loves that, that year. This and year he, and he, he loves that status. And he yeah. loves the fight as well. Imagine him coming to the UFC because he will be, with all due respect to Conor, he would be. He's the kingpin in that deal. He's the air side. People are coming to see him in the octagon. Is what they're coming to see. Yeah. Right? Well, they're coming to see him lose. I think a lot of people. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So he is the main storyline, right? Yeah. He'll get paid more than Connor for that fight. Oh yeah, of course he does. Absolutely, I'm not. I'm not arguing about that. Absolutely, and he loves that. I came to your neck of the woods, and they paid me more. But then I'm the highest earning UFC star. Well, he would love that title as well. But in doing that, we're talking about what fat you reckon? You know, let's say it's only two hundred million. That is only two. Yep. No. No. I'm just saying. Mind, no, I'm right? just saying for this. He just said only. I'm just for this million. conversation. I'm trying to put across. Let's say it's only two hundred million. He's going to earn. That would be. 10 times more than the UFC have ever paid anybody. 10 times more. Right. And you're saying it could be as high as 500 million. Right. It, it's just, there they, isn't, they will, they UFC will, isn't they, they set will, up like that. Yeah, but they will rack that pay-per-view cost right up. You're not, you're not talking yeah, but now then what, how, what happens, $100. You're talking $150 to buy So that. what happens to every single UFC champion in the aftermath of that goes, well, you've just paid him. Five hundred million. You right. told me there was a ceiling on paying champions no, fifty million or ten already, million. They've already fucked it. 
Yeah, they've already sure. fucked it with the Conor McGregor stuff. By I Conor mean, look at look at look, look at the way that the UFC has developed over the last year since this buyout. It's flat like it's gone down. Yeah, we're not. I mean, before the, the the trajectory building up to Conor McGregor becoming the champ, champ, right? And that was on the cusp of the buyout, wasn't it? That's yep. when that four billion dollars exchange stands and and the Fatitas cleared off and Dana's position changed and all that type of stuff, right? Building up to that moment. We were doing this podcast going, fuck me, UFC's amazing. It's this, that, and the other. We were going absolutely crazy. Over the last year, it's been a bit of a, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it? It's yep. been a bit of a, yeah, whatever. I personally thought a year ago, 18 months ago, the UFC was going to do things in sports entertainment that boxing just couldn't touch, right? Just couldn't get anywhere near it. Now... And, and I was getting a kick out of it. I, when we were doing two shows, I was like going, the UFC, oh, it's amazing. You've got to UFC event. You've got this, you've got that. Boxing needs to learn some stuff from the UFC. And it still can. Of course yeah, it yeah. can from the way that you put an event together. Absolutely. But, but now, all I want to talk about is boxing. Yeah. UFC is like one of those things where I'm, I'm, I'm coming into it and I'm having a look at it and I'm going, it's just not living up to my expectations at this moment in time. And that there's got to be something in that from... That buyout, something has happened, whether it's Dana's position, maybe, I don't know, whether he's driving it as much as he used to drive it, whether they've got different aspirations business-wise of where they go. Um, we've seen their attitude regarding matchups over the last year to 18 months. A lot of things have changed in that 18 months that are starting to dilute its product. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's not just down to stars. You're, you're right, it's down to promotion. It's down to putting the right fights together at the right time. And unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of, you know, GSP came in, got what he wanted, and left again. He wasn't tied into doing anything else, and he was a superstar that he should have really used in a different way or retained that ownership of. There's a lot more. It's not necessarily a bad thing either. It seems like the power shift because of Connor has shifted back to the fighters a little yeah. bit, and the fighters are having a bit more of a say. I think that's why I was struggling to see super fights and big cards because necessarily like Tyron Woodley, they're kind of going, well, no, I'm not doing that. Demetrius Johnson. I'm not fighting TJ. He doesn't deserve it. I'll fight Ray Borg instead. Who the fuck are you? You yeah. know, yeah, you've got yes, you've got this incredible run of def- defenses, but you're a fucking flyweight that doesn't sell anything. Mm. And now you're dictating to Dana White in the UFC, saying, "Well, I'm not fighting TJ Dillashaw because he might not make weight. He's never, never failed. By the way, he's never failed to make weight in his life, but he's, he might not make weight coming down to flyweight. So, put me in with Ray Borg, who incidentally does make does fail to make weight. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like the power shift has gone back to the fighters. Mm. In the long-term scheme of things, that's a good thing. And if you're a fighter, of course, that's a great thing because we want the fighters to be in control. We want the fighters to earn the bulk of the money. But what you're going to end up with is where boxing's at with all this politics bullshit. Absolutely. And you don't get the best fighting the best. Absolutely. And that's that's where the UFC has suffered. Now, the reason we want to talk about boxing all the time at the moment is because the boxing is full of superstars. This is the golden age of boxing, in my opinion. Right now, 2018... Mate, this is the golden age of world boxing, and especially UK boxing. Mm. We are spoiled at the moment. We've got fucking heavyweight champions coming out of our arsehole, and every other weight division is doubly rich. So right now, it is all happening in boxing. The UFC has took a backward step purely because of the buyout, of Connor's situation, of all that. It's like the perfect storm of shit fucking up. And we just need them to get their collective shit back together again mm. and move forward. And unfortunately, the specter of Floyd Mayweather hanging over Conor McGregor means Conor will never commit to coming back to the UFC and fighting Nate Diaz or even fighting Tony Ferguson or Khabib while as a potential to earn 10 times the amount of money fighting Conor, um, Floyd Mayweather. Mm. 
There's going to be more on this. It's not the end, no doubt. Uh, that conversation will continue. And have your say as well on our social media, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you come and join us. We're on uh, iTunes if you want to subscribe to this nonsense. We're here every single week talking UFC, so please hit the subscribe button. Write us a five-star review. It helps us with our visibility in the charts. And if you're on Android, you can get us on our website, fightdisciples.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.